Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at fifty to eighty percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Homo Sapiens. This is a bonus episode. We're doing one bonus episode a month at the moment, and today's episode, we are going to be speaking to the most wonderful organisation, Gays Against Guns, and specifically to Ty Sersley from the organisation. So, gun crime has been huge in the news lately, particularly in the US, but also in Oslo. GAG, uh, as it's informally known as, was formed in 2016, uh, days after the Orlando massacre of 49 LGBTQ plus lives at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando. And Gays Against Guns are an organisation who do incredible work about trying to row back some of the gun laws in America. And they are an organisation that seeks to protect LGBTQ plus people from gun violence and prevent deaths via gun violence once and for all. They use such beautiful, inventive, queer tactics in order to do this. One of the things they say is they bring their faggotry to activism. And, you know, there's a place for glitter, there's a place for disco balls, there's a way to bring queerness to this issue that grabs attention, grabs headlines, actually gets people talking and obtains results as well. Talking to Ty was such an amazingly informative experience about what it is specifically about queerness and gun violence, what is the intersection, you know, and how their own take can campaign inventively to uh, make people understand the people behind the statistics. And it's just so fascinating what they're doing and so specific to the queer community that I'm so thrilled that we got to talk to them and hear about their amazing work because it's something that is just on all our minds at the moment. The gun violence in America is devastating. So here's my chat with Ty. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you, as you know. Hello at homosapienspodcast.com or at homosapiens on Instagram. Here's my chat with Ty. You say Ty? Is that how I say your name? It's T I because it's my initials, but I've just always been called Ty. Ty. Okay, Actually, when I lived in England, my full name is Thomas. I is my middle initial, Kersley the third. So to show your credit card, and you're like, "What are you royalty?" <laughs> They're just like, who's, "Nobody goes by the third <laughs> except I for I love that. So what I feel like I'd love to do is perhaps just spin back to the beginning on guns in America, because sometimes I think from a from a a perspective as a Brit, it's not entirely clear. Uh, and I think sometimes with big, long, rolling news stories, sometimes we get quite lost on the details. Why are people in America 
allowed to have guns in a way that other countries aren't because it's quite baked in uh, allegedly baked into the constitution is that right correct but it's it's culture it's just our country's culture i i when i did live in england i remember there was a little girl missing and i was at like a virgin music festival or something and they found her body and i remember people just having an outrage and cry telling them stop the music we have to have a moment of silence and the entire public who had come there to listen to music said no we have to take this moment and that's because you have a community um we're individuals here and the the pride and the respect you get for being a successful individual is respected more than your treatment of community or your family and, mm-hmm. and that's that's just one of the theories of why we're able to tap into something like owning a gun makes you a better individual. Um, it's been marketed that way. Uh, and a lot of times people will reference the wild West, but even then we had sanctuary cities. Even then when you came into a town, you had to turn over your gun if you were in a large populated area. So it's lies. It's basically built on um, marketing and, and lies, but there is a reassurance because of our racial tensions that if you have a gun, you're, you're safe from the enemy. And through religion, through politics, you're told who your enemy is. Mm-hmm. And it just happens to be, you know, the underserved community is, is vilified. And so you have to protect your, your white family from thieves and rapists. And here's a product that isn't enticing. Yay, I get to be a man with, with a, a gun. And there's plenty of other reasons, but it's really based off the fact that um, control, there's a certain amount of control that happens with an impulse purchase of a, of a weapon. And, and, it, and it's not just you get one gun owners then become addicted and have on an average, you know, six or more guns as a gun owner. Mm-hmm. And, and I speak to gun owners, and I was in the Air Force for 20 years, and I fired plenty of weapons. But it's something about owning it. And, and I've, I've looked into this as well because a military member with their issued weapon uh, that's generally not where suicide comes from that's not where homicide comes from from an issued weapon it's from the one you own Mm. so there's something about the possession of it that people are addicted to how did gays against guns begin so june 12th which was the early morning on the 12th in orlando 49 queer people were dancing at salsa night. Not everyone was queer, but uh, you know, it was salsa night at a gay bar in Orlando mm. and a man went in with a semi-automatic weapon for hours and, you know, killed as many people as he could. So that feeling that all, the gay community felt the next day of remembering of our windows being busted out of remembering being bullied, remember all of that. For me, I, I, I personalized, you know, my, myself, I said, no one's going to care. Mm-hmm. No one's going to care about a bunch of dead. I mean, I've lived in this country long enough to know that people were celebrating. So mm. in reaction to that, a lot of the New York old school act up activists and other activists that got together for marriage equality and so forth got together and said, what is our response? Mm. So within a few days we had pride and mm-hmm. we decided to with collaborations from, you know, other artists and so forth, we had a more of a street art piece of individuals dressed in all white 
they were veiled and silent and they took up the space of those 49 bodies, Mm -hmm. but we held, they held placards of their faces and a little bit about themselves. And we were in pride and it stopped the show. Like everyone's on float screaming. But then as soon as everyone saw that, it really kind of hit home of who's not at pride, who's missing. Mm -hmm. So we've uh, evolved to, you know, representing everyone that's killed by gun violence in our country um, domestic violence, police brutality, suicide, which is two thirds of gun violence. So it evolved from pulse, but also a need to bring a different voice to the gun violence prevention movement. Just for anyone who doesn't know, so pulse was the nightclub in Orlando, which is such a famous story, but just in case anyone doesn't know. Right. So that next morning, um, you know, I, I looked at the news and I saw a woman, you know, screaming, where's my son? And I looked online and no one in my family was even really acknowledging it. Mm. So I felt completely alone. Um, They wouldn't understand because I've hidden from them a lot of the abuse and a lot of the death threats and attacks that have happened throughout my life. So that unified us to just be loud and obnoxious about it, but bring attention to the fact that, you know, if you, if you're using FedEx, by the way, at the time they gave a 26 percent discount to um nra members and they would ship guns to anywhere in the country so things like that like i said it's kind of been embedded in our country for over 30 years this has been a very long fight for the gun lobby Mm. um people have invested more money even after you know other horrific mass shootings um after sandy hook after you know and then after um Parkland, the NRA was shaming victims like that whole fight. uh, They have so much power that that's still considered acceptable. But a lot of corporations did drop their involvement with the NRA. And we feel like we hopefully brought some attention to it, especially with FedEx. Mm. So after Orlando, you kind of went to this Pride March and you did this first thing. And then that was the birth of Gays Against Guns. And did you call yourselves that in that moment or did that evolve? Uh, no, it was it was fairly fairly soon. Um, I, I I didn't join until about six months later. I was mm-hmm. uh, in film school. I'd retired from the Air Force and I moved to New York to go to film school. And after a few years, I took a year of uh, documentary uh, conservatory. And I had tried to work on gun violence, you know, script when I was doing you know fictional writing, and it just it, it was too much for me to do. There's just so much anger involved with the lack of empathy in our country in general. But um, I've had people, I've had, I said this to my uncle once who was just like, why do you even do this? I'm like, I've known more people in America to be shot and killed than I did in Iraq or Afghanistan. Um, So that still doesn't break through. Well, I lock up my gun. Mm -hmm. Great. Does your neighbor, does your grandkids, you know, um, best friend's dad? No, there's no law about that at all. So it's a product in this country that has no way to be traced or any accountability. And we would like to bring attention to it in another way. Uh, but we do partner with other groups like Moms Demand Action and, and uh, March for Our Lives, which was created after Parkland. But mm. most of the time we have signs that say, you know, shoot loads, not guns. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get rid of guns, but you can't get rid of glitter. Yeah. You know, anything to kind of, bring what we call like our faggotry to the the party um and it's worked it we were really there just to uh activate 
people because in this country if it doesn't happen to you then you can compartmentalize and move on and and your your impact like bringing your faggotry bringing i I love that the queer approach to anything is always inventive amusing uh resourceful you know um and your approach has had brilliant impact right what have there been some moments that you can think of where you've really affected change one thing that we do is by and this has you know, been proven, if you throw statistics at anyone, it's easy for them to just push that aside. But if you take an individual mm-hmm. and show them, hey, this individual's not here anymore, this is who they were, uh, it, it's easier to empathize and to put yourself in that position. You know, especially mm-hmm. when you see so-and-so, you know, was a nurse, so-and-so was a volunteer at this, so-and-so was 12, you know, shot by their younger brother, like all of these stories, if if you really start to feel what that loss could be, then I think you do get a little bit more activated. But in numbers, we've also won by, won, won people's attention by uh, one year in pride. We, it's very difficult to explain to another country that our country was not allowed to study gun violence. Mm-hmm. So our CDC, our Center for Disease Control can study cancer, can study alcoholism, can study suicide and uh, domestic abuse as, you know, breaking down how this happens to then report to the government, hey, this is an issue. But because of a law in the 80s that the NRA pushed forward, the CDC had a lot of red tape before they could include any kind of gun violence research. So this is the first year um, that we're actually getting the government telling as a report, how many people die and how because of gun violence before it's all been nonprofits and, and things like that. So the, what, to go back to what I was saying, that one pride, we learned that the amount of people who die a day uh, it has been rising ever since I, uh, GAG was started. And it finally went over to triple digits. Mm-hmm. And if you study three years or five years and average them out, we went to 104 people in America die a day from gun violence. Now it's 110, but we did have over a hundred silent protesters. We call them HBs or human beings representing people, different ways that they could have died from gun violence. And we walked through pride with that many people. Mm. Uh, So I think waking people up visually, uh, but also with, you know, sincerity, it's like, we, we don't want anyone to, you know, to die an unnecessary death. They're all preventable. Um, and gun owners are at more risk. I mean, you're 20 times more likely to Mm. die, not 20% more likely. You're 20 times more likely to die as a gun owner by a gun. So things like that aren't reported or digested by Americans. Mm. And and tell me a bit about the suicide thing. One of the things that you have brought to light is this statistic around gun ownership and suicide. The, The current uh, theory that is being pushed and people subscribe to is you're safer with a gun and a good guy with a gun can take out a bad guy with a gun. And as a man, I know that there is no difference. You have good days and bad days. You can either control your anger or you can't, um, or mm-hmm. control your, um, your emotions or your sense of failure. Um, being able to feel like you still belong after losing a job, after a breakup, um, when I used to teach suicide prevention in the air force, as it was an ancillary training, but I used to say um, suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem, Hmm. but you can't change your mind. Suicide by guns is 90% effective. 
So there's very few survivors. Mm. And when you have people even who jump off bridges who survive, uh, they'll say, as soon as I jumped, I regretted it. Mm. You know, as soon as they had that moment of the, oh, no, wait, I can move forward. You know, it's too late mm-hmm. uh, when, when a gun's involved. But also suicides aren't reported that well. Family members do not like putting that in the obituary uh, or discussing it. So it, it's a little bit harder to track. Mm. But everyone has been affected by it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Tell me about your journey, your own journey towards activism. How did it... Right. Um, so I was in film school and I wanted to make a documentary about gun violence because it's always bothered me, not just because of the people I've lost, but because of the cultural fight. Mm-hmm. And being you know, trained on military weapons where we had armories and your ammo is counted and there's a serial number next to your name and you actually have a responsibility for this weapon. Um, I saw what was happening from my point of view wasn't good enough. So I decided to interview children who were growing up in the country saying, what do you think is going on? And before I could really start, I thought, well, I can't just do this. I have to reach out to some group. And I don't know how familiar this movie would be with you, but there's a movie called Trevor. It's a mm-hmm. short film that won an Oscar for uh, it's, it's a, a gay youth contemplating suicide. Mm-hmm. And the writer of that uh, Celeste Lacine was giving me a masterclass and just when I told him what I was doing, uh, they were like, have you heard a gag? And um, I looked them up. I went to a meeting and someone threw glitter in the air, I think, in the first 30 minutes as kind of a, you know, kind of a, a joke related to something else. And I thought, oh, I'm home. Um, uh, interesting. And also I felt this is my fight. It's not you know, the AIDS crisis. I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't an activist and marriage equality. I was closeted in the air force. So it really came to a head when I was like, okay, this is where I can finally channel that aggression and the anger. Um, but in a healthy release. Mm. So my journey basically is I was interested in the topic and then it took over. I mean, mm. it's my second job basically. Mm-hmm. You said you were closeted in the air force. How did that play out? What, what, I don't actually, what are the laws there okay. and all the rest of so, it? Um, I joined the Air Force and the question, uh, the you know homosexual activity question was crossed out on the form, meaning mm. it was so new. Uh, but then it, a lot of people get this reversed. It used to be if you were gay in the military, you could be by undercover cops. Um, you could be arrested in a gay bar. You could be guilty by association. Uh, it really was a roundup. And then you would be put in Leavenworth. So when Don't Ask, Don't Tell was first brought up, it was a compromise because the generals, the the main generals were going, basically told Clinton, we'll resign and you'll have no power. 
So this is where you, I'll use the word twat because I think you'll use that more than <laughs> the other word I'll say. Uh, they were, they're just cowards, you know, and just said like, oh, we have to own this. And so the compromise was, okay, well, let's just not arrest them anymore mm-hmm. and don't talk about it. And because it was an executive um, decision, uh, executive order, uh, he had control over it, Clinton at the time. So Congress went and then changed it to law, meaning no president could ever change uh, it again. It had to be, it had to go through, let's see what, 17 years, I think we were under it. But um, I could come out, you know, when I was before, right before I retired, but it was sort of like, I just went to work the next day. Nothing really changed, but people mm-hmm. stopped asking what was, you know, how's your roommate? <laughs> I think they figured out what was going on a long time ago, right. but uh, it just wasn't discussed. So for me, it was my own personal sacrifice. You know, I held on to the military because it was secure and it was reliable. And I had a very, you know, I was an intelligence analyst and I enjoyed traveling. Like I said, I lived in England for four years. It was the mm. best, you know, one of my best bases, one of my best uh, missions, but I was an observer and I learned a lot about uh, behavior. I learned mm-hmm. a lot about how, I mean, cause I was bullied as a kid. I already knew, you know, straight men saw me as some sort of enemy for some reason, or just easy to pick on whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, you're taught that it's completely okay. You know? So this is the first time that I've actually seen in my lifetime, every kind of queer personality and type have a full existence because so many were killed off due to AIDS. And then in my time frame, suicide, I think suicide was really what was killing a lot of gay teenagers in the nineties. Um, it, it's now the first time that you're really seeing sort of that late seventies. There's so many non-binary, so many different definitions of what um, falls out of cisgender rules that I do feel a wave of everything is going to be fine. Everything is moving to the, the right direction. It's just, People are white knuckling their beliefs and their age um, mm. because of their, you know, the, they want to keep on, keep their power. And one of the ways to keep power is, you know, to have people believe what you say. Mm. I, I was really interested to sort of, I was reading up about, you know, Gays Against Guns and the, the parallels between the treatment of HIV and uh, gun crime, and you mentioned the CDC a bit earlier. Very similarly, the CDC were blocked from investigating HIV in the same way they're blocked against researching gun crime. Is that right? Is that true? I don't know how long that would have been, so I'd have to look that up to be sure. I don't lie. No, no, no please. Um, but no, I say that because um, all men do, and I'm trying to be the one that doesn't. I'm saying no, no. I, I'm not because I'm trying to prove anything. I'm just saying, no, I tell myself every day, did I lie today? No. Okay, good. If I'm addicted to anything, it was that. And that has comes from closeting. It comes from, you know, it's a self-inflicted survival. It was a survival school that I had to adapt to. Mm-hmm. I would say certainly the government was doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, they were happy to keep their religious base who were praising all of our deaths. So happy there was a plague and, and they could point and say, see, we're right. We're on the right path. You're mm. doing something wrong. Mm. Um, and that's really, I haven't seen the juxtaposition of such a, a hateful response to suffering, except for here. Mm. Mm. You can have followers and you can, and you can be praised for celebrating uh, death, uh, especially if they think it's from, you know, from God. So mm. uh 
and I grew up in Virginia Beach. We have strip malls of churches, you know, in the South. It's just everywhere. And I know in England, it's not the same thing. It's a, it's a traditional, mm. um, established tradition in your country, but it's not, churches aren't as full still, mm-hmm. correct? No, correct. correct. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be clear. They're empty. <laughs> um, people have found other ways to, to be good people. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I feel as if that fight um, you know, I have friends that had to handcuff themselves to the defense of the White House uh, and act up to kind of bring attention to the fact that um, basically to be reelected, uh, we were allowed to die and not have any research. The most powerful, richest country in the world did nothing to try to stop an epidemic because presidents wanted to stay in power. Senators wanted to stay in power and mm. they can convince people blinded by their religion that they were on the right path. Mm. Because I think if you have your religion and it's working for you, then you can stick to it. I'm not telling you to get rid of it, but I am saying if if but if, if if it's a car, if your religion is a car and there's a hole in your muffler, you have to get it fixed. You're yeah. we're all coughing, and it's very difficult to get that across because you're not allowed to attack religion here. Um, and I am a kind of classic occasionally, you know, and I and I will question things because you forced me as an outsider. I didn't say I want to be an outsider. You said I wasn't welcome. Mm. I mean, I'm even in my 40s. I've been screamed at in the street. Homosexuals are not allowed in the kingdom of heaven. I mean, it makes some people feel wow. so much better. Mm. Um, so but I, I don't mind ruining your day if you yell at me. You don't want me to outcunt you like I will destroy your life. Um, film it go right ahead because i've had so much thrown at me that my mind Mm. has had this back room of just insults and destroying people and i don't want to be that person but Mm. um and then some people you know kill themselves over it when they're attacked like that but if there's a gun in the house you know who who knows what you would do because you're not thinking straight this whole country the whole world went through like this bizarre mental health crisis nobody came to anyone's rescue to tell you about therapy, about talking about your feelings. And that's why we had so much more gun deaths in the summer of 2020. People were coming out and shooting people in the streets because of, you know, they were just not able to maintain their sanity. Because of the pandemic. Yeah, you're stuck in your head. Yeah. When you think about what is currently in the way for Gays Against Guns and what's the next thing to try and do, what's next? Well... We're, we're talking about our next big national move because what we would like to see, we want the world to see is our human beings, our HBs, our silent protesters representing the thousands of people killed by gun violence a year. Have you, you know, the garden, right? You've been to America, you've gone to Madison square garden for a show. Oh yeah. Yeah. So imagine two sold out shows in a row mm-hmm. dead every year from gun mm-hmm. violence. That's everyday gun violence. Uh, we, we do bring a lot of attention to mass shootings and we do bring a lot of attention to, you know, high profile shootings. But for, for our HBs who represent everyone, I, we want to show that number and we need to show DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to walk from Supreme Court to Congress. We need to be on the mall. And those people need to be represented because there's a product in my country where you're allowed to murder someone. Mm. And you can Mm. kind of get away with it, especially if their skin is darker than yours. Mm. It's absolutely, you know, everything is on your side. um, If you're white and you have a gun and you kill someone or pointed at people for protesting or killing a protester, like all of that. um, I had foresight for, I knew who these people were. Mm. uh, And I know what happens when you get frustrated and life doesn't turn out the way you want, where you're going to show the world how strong and how big and how 
uh, much of a man you are, and you're going to have people praise you for it. So that's a cultural change. It has to change in a way that I should, I shouldn't be villainized for saying, trust no one with a gun. Mm -hmm. Why would you trust anyone with a gun? Pick five men in your life that you have throughout your life, give them all guns. And I'm sure you're not going to trust all of them to protect you or to be in the same room with you. So that's sort of our big move is to show in numbers, how many people are lost and disrespected uh, by our government. Mm. Well, listen, we wish you all the best for the next steps. Thank you so much for all the incredible work you do. And if people listening want to help in some way, where is there somewhere we can send them? Most of our stuff, we have a, a gazeagainstguns.net page. Great. So that's easy to find. And then all of our links would be on that. On Facebook, we're, we're Gaze Against Guns. And we also have a um, a human beings page. So we spend time researching people killed by gun violence, and we'll put up their photos and their stories and anniversaries and, you know, of, I hate to say anniversary, a marker, a year marker of mm -hmm. like, we just did the six year marker for pulse mm -hmm. um, where we also represented other mass shootings this year. We usually do our 49 human beings, but we're like, there's been 15 mass shootings, meaning someone 10 or more people uh, in public uh, is at the definition of a mass shooting in, in America. You can kill 12 people in a backyard and it won't be reported as a mass shooting. Anyway, wow. um, there's so many little bizarre details that just, hmm. just uned uneducated country is, is where I, I live right now. But to help us um, talk about it, I know in England, it's a completely different subject. But if you're going to travel here, um, it's, it's not getting any safer. But to find out more about us, yeah, gazeagainstguns.net or gazeagainstguns on Facebook. And we're no guns on Twitter and uh, gazeagainstgunsny for New York on Instagram. So that's most of our media and where a lot of the videos that we make, well, we have a, a movie coming out, a full length documentary on our, on our journey Brilliant. coming out. So all of those things are available online. Uh, we also have meetings every Thursday. We just had a meeting yesterday. Uh, I'm not every Thursday, uh, one Thursday a month. And, you know, people zoom in to help as well, but we're in person again. So it's people are getting riled up again and finding, oh, wait, this is my fight too. So that's basically what we're doing is trying to bring more people to our side. Thank you to Ty. What a lovely person and what an informative discussion. Just always just makes you realize the specifics of queerness in you know permeate everything and the way they're going about doing their work and hearing him talk about his own personal story of you know being in the air force it was just fascinating to me and you know it's uh, it's all recent history isn't it Hey, so stay tuned for next Thursday as the incredible writer Ryan O'Connell is going to be returning to the podcast. I adore Ryan. He's so funny and clever. What more could you hope for? Get in touch. Stay connected on Instagram, Homo Sapiens, Facebook at Homo Sapiens Podcast. I want to know how you feel about that chat we just had. Email your comments, questions and agony uncles to hello at homosapienspodcast.com. They will remain anonymous, I can assure you. Loads of love, listeners. Thank you for listening. Bye now. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Powered by Spirit Studios.